I should have picked a tune that I know instead of one I'm learning. No, right? do the one that you're learning, and then when we circle back to to do the review of of the you know the the recap episode in in oh, April, okay. then you can yeah. play this tune. All right, <clears throat> this is uh, Mike Swan playing a Jacobite march. I think it's Jacobite, but right, I never know how a, to pronounce it. A Jacobite march by Bill Livingston. Uh, I got excited about learning this tune because Shots and Dyke had played that with Bill Livingston in a live concert. But wait, is so, it is it Bill Livingston or Livingstone? I think I think he's called Livingston, but it's definitely written Livingstone. So between Jacobite, Jacobite, Livingston, Livingstone, <clears throat> none of us knows what we're talking about at all. Or how to play this correctly. <laughs> right. Plus there's an Adre and I've like never done that. So I totally flub it every time. Here we go. Yeah, there's your first uh, part one time do love that all right so i'm putting i'm putting a finger on that so that then when we circle back in april we're gonna hear we're gonna hear you busting it out on pipes let's do that that is our goal right that'll go hand in hand that's what we're gonna talk about yeah it's perfect that's a perfect way to open this up so what are we gonna talk about <laughs> so here's what we're talking about this will come we're gonna have this episode land like right before new year's and uh okay. new year's of course is a time when people are like trying to trying to improve things about themselves and their lives and uh, I wanna, I wanna be a better piper. I wanna play bagpipes better. I also I wanna, like that goal. There, there, are few, there are a lot of things I want. <laughs> there are a lot of things I want in this life, but this is one of them. I like it. I like it. Um, I've been um... wanting to get better for a long time, and I feel kind of like uh, it's, it's time to do something, but something sustainable. So, how, how do All I right. do that? Teach me, t- teach well, me, sensei. Let's get down to it. Um, so I mean, I've talked to you before I talked to you, it was probably a year and a half ago or two. Yeah. Which once again is like oh. this reminder in my brain that like you have been planning to get better at stuff all your life. Why don't you do it? Because <laughs> yeah, it's been so long since we last talked about this and I was like, yeah, this is the moment. This is when I changed and now it's been a year and a half. Right. <laughs> so that would have been the summer, the summer fall, like just before August, probably like late July, early August. Um, I talked to you about behavior, behavior design and habit forming, right? That's how I remember it. Yeah, that's right. That's, I mean, I didn't know about BJ Funk before that. Wait, is that his, that's his name, right? BJ Funk? Fog. Fog, F-O-G-G. that's right. Fog. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Fog, my bad. Funk no is also cool. Funky Fog. Yeah, F-O-G-G, right? Right. Yeah, so since then, I do have his book, his Tiny Habits book as an audio book. Oh, you bought it? Yep, I got the audio book, and, uh, and I've watched his TEDx a couple times, or at least one of them. Mm-hmm. I think he, maybe he's done a few, but... He's got a couple, yep. Yeah. And then, so do you have his physical book as well, or just his digital? No, I don't have his physical book. I just have the digital, or just the, just the audio book. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so, I guess, right, the point of this podcast is going to be very informative, yeah, let's, so, let's, let's do it that way. And I've got some stuff we can frame the information around, but we can just open up with some info. What, what comes okay. to your mind for, you know, hey, look, well, it's me. I don't have any idea about behavior science, but I want to be a better bagpiper. Right. And all I can do is regurgitate what I've learned, right? Like a <laughs> mama bird. With my experience, right? Okay. So, like, like a mother swan, perhaps? Yeah. Yeah, minus the mother part. I don't actually know if swans feed their young that way anyway. 
don't know. Okay, so um, we're going to walk through the behavior method and the habit-forming method. Well, I mean, it depends. I'm, I'm long-winded at times, and so maybe we won't get that far, but um, it's by BJ Fogg. So if you go to Google or whatever search engine it is in the future that you're listening to this now. and Yeah, when Bing for, takes over. Bing. Okay, right. <laughs> so uh, BJ Fogg, F-O-G-G. Um, you'll find stuff under tiny habits. So I'm going to actually pull a lot of information from behaviormodel.org. That's his uh, domain. So the first thing I want to talk about is designing for behavior. So, so let's back up. You were like, I want to become a better piper, right? Yes, sir. That is what I want. Okay. A lot of people are going to come at New Year's or goals or if you ask them, like, what kind of behaviors do you want? What kind of behaviors do you want in your life, right? I want to be a good piper, father. I want to be more fit. Do you agree? Yeah, totally, totally. Sure. We, okay. we, we are outcome-based. We're saying this is the outcome that I want. Yeah. So the, the point I'm trying to make with that is um, that is not a behavior, Right. So as we're, we're going to go through like step-by-step and step designing some elements. So you got your journal and you're like, okay, what kind of behavior do I, I want to be a better piper. Oh, that hey. is not a behavior. Yeah. And maybe I should note that I, as we're talking through this, I have this, um, bagpipers planner sitting in front okay. of me. This is the one that the dojo, the yep. do, dojo university has. So, yep. I mean, I'm into this kind of stuff in other aspects of my life as well. So I'm interested in applying this stuff to all kinds of other things. I've tried like bullet journaling and all kinds of different habit forming apps and stuff like that. So, so yeah, maybe as you talk about this, if you, if you talk about journaling and stuff like that, but, um, I'm also going to try using some of this directly in conjunction with filling up this Piper's planner that I got from the dojo. Cause it's been sitting Perfect. here for a long time, uh, maybe a year now, actually I got it when it first came out and I feel like it was in the fall of last year. And I haven't put a single thing in it because it, it seems honestly a little bit daunting to me. It's like, once I put ink in here, I can't do it again. You know what I mean? So. Yep. Yep. Okay. Go on. So, so BJ Fogg, I've, um, I've met him personally. Ooh. He is, <laughs> I'm not saying that to brag, but like I, I've met him. I've stayed at his place. Um, oh, wow. No, is... no. Okay. Yeah. You're not saying it to brag, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it's kind of a flex, right? Like. No, what I'm saying is... You're close enough friends that you stayed at his place. Uh, I don't even know that he would recognize me. Kind of a big deal. People know me. He he is my brother-in-law's stepdad. So that's how I got introduced to him and what he does. So anyway, uh, many years ago, the family went out to his place for Thanksgiving and I got invited. So that was really cool. Um, But... He is out in California. He's a Stanford professor, and he is all about behavior design is what he calls it, right? Um, He's had a a couple books before this, Tiny Habits book, Um, and I'm trying to remember what he calls them, but basically behavior design um, is, is like the encompassing term, okay? How to create a behavior, you know, why do we do the things that we do type thing? And so like, it's, it's some of BJ's students that created Instagram, you know, with the, Wait, uh, they, well, I, I, they, I don't know like the Instagram they created yes, Instagram the one that was sold. That's correct. Yeah. 
Dang. Now, so, and, and now like, you've got an Instagram famous parrot, so it all comes full circle. That's right. Exactly. Wow. But like when you think about, think about an app, you know, someone goes to BJ's class, how to design for a behavior. Okay. So what kind of behaviors do we want? We want someone to use our app. We want someone to invite their friends to um, habitually open, scroll, whatever it is. So it's those type of methods. And that's what he's trying to discover is like, why do we do things? How do we get people to recycle? He works a lot with business people as well. Like how do we get a website that gets more sales, right? The behavior that we're trying to elicit from our customer is sign up for our broadcast, sign up for our newsletter, uh, give us your email, buy our product, whatever it is. Oh, okay. So now, now don't let me steal your thunder, but if I can yep. like make this, like zoom this out just a little bit. So is this kind of like, like with the students who create Instagram? Yep. If, if my one-to-one for that is like, I want to be a better bagpiper and they say, I want to have an app that has over, you know, X hundred million downloads. Right. That's their outcome that they're desiring. Right. But you're saying BJ is focusing on the behaviors that are going to lead to that outcome or, or a business person says, yeah, I want to well, make this much money or I want to have this many subscribers or whatever it is. Yeah. And, but it's super simple cause you're only one step removed. Mm. So if you're like, I want, and, and I guess that's what I, yeah, I don't make good points. I don't make direct points. You make good points. I'm just, and maybe this is where I I don't want to steal your thunder. Like I say, you know, I'm not trying to steer. Carry carry on, sir. Okay. What I mean, what what I mean to say is like, you know, I'm not very direct and precise with what I'm saying, but, but the thought of, I want to be a better piper. That's not a behavior. That's an outcome. Just like you said. And it's only one step removed because you go, I want to be a better piper. And then you realize, okay, that's not a behavior. That's just an outcome. So. And that's how I what end is, up spinning my wheels for 15 years because I'm thinking <laughs> I want to be a better piper. And but like, you can think what, that. Does, what does that mean, right? What does that but, even mean? So, right. So, but then we just go one step more. What behaviors will allow us to become a better piper? And that, so, James, now, and let I can, me ask you. Ask me. What, what are, Mike? Oh, yeah. I lost you. Oh, uh, can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you now. Carry on. No. Ask me. Okay. What behaviors, James, will lead you to becoming a better piper? Okay. Um, off the top of my head, practice. Just in general, practice, okay. right? And, and I think what that encompasses is like finger work on the practice chanter, um, time okay. spent actually filling a bag up, you know, and building up that, you know, muscles and whatever else it takes to keep the bag steady. All right. Um, I mean, that's, 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 that's all that's coming to mind right now. That's, that's it. Just Im- practice. Improve, improve my fingers. Yeah. Practice, improve my fingers and improve my, my arm. Okay, good. That's good. I agree. Um, I like what you did because just the, the habit of practice is like a top level. And so, Maybe we can come up with some other things that are also top level, right? Maybe you could say practice. Maybe you could say the behavior of, I don't know, learning new music. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Adding to my repertoire. I think that is an important part of being a better piper. Absolutely. Right. Um, Perhaps perhaps the behavior of studying the culture or studying drum major commands or, 
or the behavior of putting yourself under pressure so that when you solo, you're more controlling of your nerves, right? Different behaviors, but those are all kind of top level. So I think we're just going to stick with practice. I think in my opinion, and maybe I'm wrong, everyone has gonna, is going to have to decide for themselves with whatever behavior they're trying to design for what's going to get them the most benefit. And I agree. I think practice is going to get you the most benefit in becoming a better skilled piper. Mm-hmm. So now let's talk about how behavior works, right? So we know, well, let me, let me say this, James. So if practice makes you a better piper, uh, how often are you practicing? Mm. Not very. I can tell you okay. that, you know, um, like honestly in the last, in the last week, I played my small pipes one time for probably about 20 minutes. Okay. And then. And that's the very, like I didn't, aside from that, I did not play practice channer. I was not on my Highland pipes. Like that's everything I've done in the past week. Okay. Would you agree that, um, one time, how long was your session that you played on your small pipes? I think it was about 20 minutes. Do you think 20 minutes a week on your small pipes is beneficial in improving your how about this? Do you think it was beneficial in improving your skill to become a better piper at the rate you desire? No, I don't regret those 20 minutes because it was very pleasant. You know, like I really enjoyed it, but it was like I, none of those 20 minutes were spent on, no, I don't think anything got improved, you know, like maybe maintained something, maybe something got maintained a bit, you know, finger work or memorization or something. Cause I was playing through some tunes, but yep. Yeah, it was it was really just kind of a coasting kind of. I guess maybe I shouldn't have called it practice. Maybe I should just call it play time. I don't know. No, I like that. I think we <clears throat> we're we're going to come back to this in a second because um, we're going to talk about how behavior works. But um, so right now, what we're doing is we're narrowing down the behavior that's going to get you the outcome, mm-hmm. right? So a jam session on your small pipes might be beneficial for. Your mental state, you might really enjoy it. It might lift you up, fill you with great emotions. It might be super enjoyable. That's a hundred percent what it was. I mean, it's it's like that's like my meditation session right there. Yeah, sit down and just hum. And for I feel a bit. like, and I feel like I do that, <clears throat> and I feel like that's good at maintaining a level and keeping things sharp and stuff like that. But it's also not working out the bugs and practicing my problem areas. Right, eliminating the low hanging fruit problems to elevate. The overall playing. Yes. Yeah. That that's hundred okay. percent accurate. I definitely could not say that any needle was moved any closer to any kind of improvement after that yeah. session. So we're gonna come so we're gonna come back to this. Um and we're gonna keep narrowing down and finding the most the, the most specific behaviors we can do to improve. So um the behavior model. So behaviormodel.org, their homepage, BJ's homepage, has the model there if if you want to join with me or anyone that's listening to the podcast, his behavior model is B equals MAP, which is behavior equals motivation, ability, and prompt insufficient amounts all happening at the same time for a, he says for a prompt to succeed for a behavior to happen. Right. That makes sense. I remember from his Ted talk, at least the one that I watched that he, I think he referred to it there as motivation plus ability plus trigger. He used to call them triggers, yep. Yeah. And now he calls them prompts. Gotcha. That's correct. So I'm going to, I guess I don't want to read a page of a book 
That's you know, there's 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 no there's no podcast police watching this. You know, if if that feels if that feels appropriate, man, you go for it. It doesn't, but I am going to pull just a few lines. So behavior happens when three things happen at the same time: motivation, ability, and prompt. Okay. So the graphic is an xy axis, and it basically breaks down like this. Um, you've got an XY axis and then you've got, he's got a curved line. It's called the action line. Call it a straight line, whatever. There's a barrier, right? And when you cross that barrier, it succeeds. The, the, the behavior happens. And so the two things working with each other are motivation to do something and the ability to do something. Mm. Right? So let's take, for instance, weight loss. That's a... It's a very common one that everyone seems to wrap their heads around. Yeah, we can all relate to that for sure. You know, if uh, if you're, let's say you're 400 pounds, you walk up the stairs, you pass out, they put you in an ambulance, they rush you to the emergency room, and the doctor's like, hey, look, you got to lose 200 pounds in the next, I'm going to do something crazy, right? Unrealistic, right? You have to lose 600 pounds in the next three months or you will die. Mm-hmm. There is a extreme amount of motivation to lose that weight. Yeah. So motivation is now high. Yes. Motivation is extremely high. And so you can do super hard things, right? You can go to the gym twice a day. You can fast for a week on end, drinking nothing but water. You can eat 100 calories a day. Like You can do extremely difficult things when you're extremely motivated to do it, you know? And so if I said, James, you like to run, don't you? I, yes, I do. Or maybe you don't like to run, but hey, you run. But I do it, yeah. <laughs> okay. No, I do, I do enjoy do you, it, yeah. How far do you run? Uh, usually not more than one, like one to 1.3 miles. I'm usually not breaking a mile and a half. Okay. How far could you run in the uh, next tw- 24 hours, in one day? If I said you have 24 hours, how far do you think you could go? Oh, in 24 hours? Like, like, is this like a life and death situation? Like, how high is, mo- is my motivation? I'm just asking what you think your physical ability is. I bet I, bet I could do 10 miles in 24 hours. As, if I'm allowed okay. to break it up however I need to, I bet I could sure. do that. So if I said, uh, I need you to run 50 miles. Uh, could you do it? Man, in 24 hours? Yeah, one day, 50 miles. It would be, I don't know if I could do that, honestly. My, I don't, like, I've, I've never pushed my body to that it. level. Yeah, I, don't, I honestly don't know if I could do that. I think it's beyond me, honestly. I don't think I could. Okay. What if I offered you 50 bucks? Yeah, that's not enough to motivate me. <laughs> it's not enough to motivate you? I mean, 50 bucks. Because you told me you couldn't even do it physically. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess 50 bucks wouldn't be enough to make me even want to try. <laughs> okay. What if I offered you $300,000? Yeah, I would, I would give it my darndest for $300,000, no doubt. Okay. And I bet you could do it. I, so they used to do this, uh, this thing down in the south end of Utah County called the 50-20. And it was going 50 miles in 20 hours. Hmm. Well, yeah. Once you said $300,000, I suddenly started thinking, I bet I, I, bet I, I, bet I could do that. <laughs> okay. But the point is, going 50 miles is hard to do. Yeah. I have a friend that runs ultra marathon. She runs 100 miles at a time. 
and it's not easy. I got to participate with her in one of the races. Uh, I was, um, oh, I forget what they even call it. Pacer. I was a pacer for her. Oh yeah. So I picked her up at like mile 60. So she's already gone 60 miles. And then I, I hook up with her and we start going and blah, blah, blah. We get to a checkpoint. She's coughing up blood. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Right. It's not good for you. It's bad for you. And I remember they were, they were like, Hey, just watch blood because it's your lung. Well, you're bleeding from your lungs. I said, if you start coughing up like phlegm, we have to pull you out of the race because that's the tissue of your lung. You're actually coughing oh, up lung. My goodness. Right now, because they had her spit in a sink. They're like, right now it's just blood. So you're just bleeding. So you're so good. You're, Carry you're on. Good. <laughs> oh, <geez. Keep> <laughs> uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, uh, uh, average people can go 50 miles in 20 hours. Yeah. Um, I mean, you might jog a little bit. You might walk most of it. And you won't walk for the next week. But that day, you can you can put out 50 miles in 20 hours. Yeah. But 100 might actually not. I bet there's people that do it, right? There are people now they who do train, it, but I might die. I mean, they're trained and ready for it, right? Yeah. But um, I would say, you know, average person could probably do 50 miles in 20, 20 hours. But the point is, if you have an extremely high amount of motivation, like a reward for $300,000, you can do hard things. Or at least you will succeed in trying to attempt the behavior. Oh, yeah. I would, I would with that kind of motivation, I would at least get a lot further than I ever right. would have otherwise, for sure. The goal of 50 miles, that's like, you know, the goal of becoming a better piper. It's kind of like, can you reach it or can you not? I don't know. But are you going to practice every day to try? Or are you going to attempt to go 50 miles in 20 hours? Mm. Right? The behavior the, is happening. The practice is happening or the attempt, the walking, the running of 50 miles is happening. So high motivation, you can do hard things, hard behaviors. You can yeah. be asked to do a lot. If you have a lower motivation, then the ability to do that task has to be easier. Okay. Sure. Yeah. I remember this on the X, Y axis from his, from his Ted talk. Yeah. That's yeah. A, exactly. He, he mentioned something like, uh, you, you want your habit to be such that when your motivation is high, of course you're going to do it. But when your motivation is low, you're still also going to do it. Right. Exactly. I think his, you I know, think his example there was, uh, that every time he flushed the toilet, he did two push-ups. So that that gets into his prompt and his trigger, and that oh, gets into well, habit. Don't let me. me jump ahead, then. Well, I can I can tell that story. I know that story. I can. No, it's cool. You, it's going to come you later. Hit on. it when it feels natural. Yeah. Okay. So, I guess all I'm trying to convey right now is the higher motivation, the harder the task you can do. Sure. Lower motivation needs to be easier to do, and then you have to be prompted, right? You need, you need to think of that action. I need to do that action, you know? Right. You don't stop at a red light because the prompt is that red. Mm -hmm. if, if the light is never red, you don't stop at the red light. You have to be prompted. You don't donate to the Red Cross until the Red Cross sends you a text or calls you on the phone or provides a link on your website that says, hey, click here and donate, right? Mm -hmm. You have to be prompted. So motivation, ability, and prompt. Okay. This brings to mind a story I once heard. 
of uh, a restaurant that put a broken clock in their front window that was just stuck at 12 o'clock noon. Okay. Um, and, you know, I don't know if this is a real story or not, but, you know, people use this as an object lesson. And that from, from you know, as early as 10 o'clock and as, as late as 2 in the afternoon, people were walking in for lunch because they'd see the 12 o'clock noon on the clock and that was a prompt, a trigger that made him oh, go, yeah. I'm hungry, I need lunch. That makes a lot of sense to me. No, that very much makes sense. That definitely mm-hmm. is a prompt, right? Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little, let's break down ability, motivation, and prompts, okay? Just with the understanding that more motivation, you can do harder things. Low motivation, you can do. The task needs to be easier in order for you to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, going back to the, the weight loss thing, right? If, uh, if you go to the doctor and he's like, James, you're fit as a fiddle. You're just three pounds overweight. And it's never going to affect you in your life. But according to my charts and my body mass index and everything I went to school for, blah, 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 I need you to drop three pounds. Make sure it happens in the next 20 years. Oh, man. <laughs> Zero motivation for me there. I'll tell you that. No motivation. None at all. I'll probably gain weight in the next 20 years if that's the presentation I'm getting. And that's the thing, right? So with our diet, with the American diet, losing three pounds is still hard to do. Yeah, sure, yeah. And there's not a lot of motivation, so the behavior won't succeed. Okay. I mean, what do I have to do? Drink like only two monsters a day instead of three? That's not going to oh, happen. Don't bring up energy drinks. <laughs> right? But if you just had a little bit of motivation and the task was easy, the doctor said, instead of, hey, lose three pounds, he said, James, I need you to do two push-ups once a week for the next 20 years. Well, if he adds the 20 years, it's probably going to be like daunting. So you'll be like, oh no. But if he's just like, hey, do it for the next couple of weeks and then come back and see me. Uh-huh. Super yeah. easy to do, right? Shoot. I'll drop and do two right there in the office. Get that day out oh, of the way. Can I not come back? <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'm just trying to draw that correlation. So let's talk about motivation. Um, there's different things that can motivate us, right? Um, there's like rewards, like we mentioned. Um but there's three core motivations that are the strongest that BJ talks about. So sensation, and each one of these has an opposite to it, right? So you've got pleasure and pain. So sensation is a motivator, motivator right? Mm. You could be extremely motivated to do something because of the pleasure you could feel or extremely motivated to do something or not do something to either complete a behavior in one, you know, X versus Y because of the pain that it could cause. Oh, right? sure. Or, or to avoid pain. Exactly. Yes. I got you. This is, this is the old uh, stick or carrot, uh, honey or vinegar, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Got you. Right? Do you, do you obey your parents because it's pleasurable for you because they express their love for you and hug and kiss you, whatever. Or if you don't obey, do they whip you? Right, right. Right, okay. Pleasure and pain. The other one, uh, one of the other cores is anticipation. So hope and fear. Oh, interesting, so, interesting. Right? You could be super motiva- motivated to, let's say, start your own business, right? Because of the hope of one day becoming financially independent or not having to listen to a boss, right? To be free, the hope of being free. Or there's the fear, right? There's, uh, 
let's see. You could be motivated to go running every day and work out because of the fear of how you look or the fear of death or the fear of health complications. Sure. Maybe you had an uncle who had a heart attack or something and you're afraid of Mm -hmm. that happening to you. So that motivates you. And then uh, belonging. So social acceptance and social rejection, right? You might be motivated to dress in a certain way, talk in a certain way, act in a certain way, join a riot. Riot was the wrong word. (laughs) Join a protest. Yeah, now's not the time, Swan. (laughs) Okay. But, you know, join a protest because for social acceptance, Sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, you might not be aligned with certain protest values, but, but you're aligned with friends and family that, and you want that social acceptance. And so you, you join in, right? Yeah. Or again, the opposite being a social rejection, you might act or not act in a certain way out of the, the fear of being socially rejected from a group or something. So those are like the strong core motivators, but, but there's other things out there, right? There's, there's simple rewards and things like that, but well, that's making sense. And, and like, I feel like of course this is applicable to all aspects of life, but just thinking about my goal with bagpiping, I can see already, like, as you list these things, I get a lot of pleasure out of performing well, you know? Yeah. I really like doing well in competition. I think even more than that though, I really enjoy just playing my pipes, you know, on a stage with the rest of the pipe band or with other musicians or anything. I will, you know, I like it when people clap yeah. for me, you know, like that's, Agree. that's a thing. And, and I also, I totally agree. I'm also very motivated by social acceptance. And I think that part of that is just my band buddies, you know, I, I want, I, I mean, it's kind of like I want accolades within that group, but I think even more than that, I just like being around like-minded people focusing on a similar thing, you know, like there definitely is social motivation for sticking with and improving piping. Mm-hmm. I a hundred percent agree. Like that's, that's me too. Right. Like my, my desire to become a better bagpiper. And so being motivated to practice, uh, with the intent of improving, right. Working on my mistakes instead of just having a jam session, um, is just exactly what you mentioned. It's the social acceptance, uh, of my peers that play pipes Mm -hmm. being, Oh, you know, and then the pleasure I get from producing great music. Now, and, um, and I know that's going to come as I get better at piping. And, and you know, for some people, maybe it's the hope of being that top piper so they can take awards. And with that's right, going to come sure. pleasure, right? You know what Absolutely, I mean? Absolutely, yeah. That feels and enjoyment. Good. So. I, uh, I, I don't want to sidetrack the discussion about behavior, but just tying this into that piper's planner, I've got it open and I'm looking at it. And this, is, this has been good. This, just, this, this moment, as you described, um, motivations has been a bit of an epiphany hey. for me because I've looked at this front page the okay. the epiphany that i had as you were talking about motivations is this this issue that i've had is looking at page 3 of this planner at the top it says goal detail and first it says goal summary so like what's your goal then below that it says key motivations and i've been stumped there you know it's like well my goal is to be a better piper and then motivations are like i've been kind of like uh, i don't know it just seems like the thing to do i guess Mm-hmm. But as you've spoken, those motivations, I've more easily been able to say, ah, that matters to me. Oh, and that one matters to me. So now I can put in here for motivations, something like basically get more claps. You know, I want to play, <laughs> I want to play well. So people think I'm cool and you know, I'll own that. You know, I, I am kind of a big headed person, honestly. 
uh, a bit of a narcissist sometimes, but without being too narcissistic, I think it's okay to admit that I like it when people think I'm cool. And, and I'm also going to add on there that it's, I want to, it, it increases my feeling of belonging within this community where there are people who I like. And I, so I like feeling like I belong. Yeah. Oh, those, that makes sense. Those are my key motivations. So this is, this is already helping me with my, with my, uh, Piper's planner. Good deal. Good deal. So these, these different motivators that we find, right? Pleasure, pain, hope and fear, social acceptance, social rejection, um, or whatever the motivation might be, right? This, use these to increase your motivation, right? To then be able to complete a, a behavior, right? Because remember, do. Dang it. Mike, can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you. Sorry. Did I cut I, out? Yeah, you cut out just a little bit. You said, you said, because remember, and then it cut out. Sorry. Yeah. So just remember in the motivations. The, the goal here is use these things, the pleasure, pain, the hope and fear, social acceptance, social rejection. Ponder on those things. Use those, you know, find out what those motivators are that will increase the motivation. Because with an increased motivation, we can do harder things. We can do harder behaviors like practice every day instead of once a week or practice for 20 minutes instead of five minutes, right? Yeah. No, this is, this is already filling me up with, with, well, motivation, just naming the actual, yeah, the actual motivators. It just makes it more clear in my mind, just in all aspects. Like, why am I doing this? You know, why do I want this? Mm -hmm. So now here's something with motivation that we should keep in mind. Motivation ebbs and flows mm -hmm. drastically. Yeah, for sure. So um, we'll talk about it in a minute. I keep saying that, right? Oh, I'm no so long-winded. No yeah, you're cool, man. <laughs> okay. But um, there's going to be easier ways to help us do behaviors. And we'll touch on that. But um, use motivation where you can. But know that motivation is going to go up and motivation is going to go down. Okay. That's yeah, fine. if we're aware of that from the beginning, I definitely I've experienced that with other like sort of sort of behavior change or goal setting things in my life, whether it's exercise, which I think is probably everybody can relate to that or, you know, academic pursuit, all kinds of things that a lot of times I set goals like in a mindset of high motivation. Yep. And then when the motivation's low, it's like it becomes this really, really bad cycle, actually, because it's not just that I don't do that thing. I also feel like I'm failing because I'm not doing this goal that I set in a high motivation mindset and it can start to cycle into depressive thoughts and all kinds of things. And it, it's hard, but I have started to accept a bit more this idea, this mantra that actually I picked up from the, from the Chandra guys, this idea that done is better than perfect. I've been applying oh, yeah. that to a lot of mm -hmm. things in my life and it's been better because of that. Yeah. Good. Good, man. Well, so, on the flip side of motivation, right, is the ability. Because those two things have to happen, and then we have to be prompted. Yeah, talk to me about ability, because I don't feel like okay, I so, have a clear grasp of that. Okay. So um, the you have to have the ability, or there needs to be a sufficient ability in order to create the behavior. So there's five aspects to ability. There's time, money, physical effort, mental effort and your routine. And whichever one of those is the weakest, 
then at that amount is what you can do to complete the behavior. So let's take, for instance, let's break down uh, these five different aspects. Let's go with the behavior of what, what kind of behavior do you want to do bagpiping practice? Do you want to do another behavior? Um, you know, I really want to try to do that. Um, the dojo's hundred day challenge and play my pipes, okay. uh, once every day for a hundred days. Um, yeah, I, I want to do that. And okay. so that, that's a thing I want to do no matter, you know, even if it's just for five minutes a day, I want to get something in every day. For okay. Days. So perfect. So you've already touched on one of the abilities time, right? Yes. You said five minutes a day. And so that's the probably dojos... the weakest of that list of, of ability things. Time okay. slash routine. That's probably my worst. Yeah. I mean, like if I didn't have bagpipes, it, it would be finances, right? It'd be, you know, I wouldn't be able to buy bagpipes right. in order to play them. But since I have yeah. them, definitely time. We just had our fourth kid. I've got, I've got no time right now. You know what I mean? That's right. definitely the main challenge for me right now. Time slash routine. Well, first off, congratulations. I don't oh, think thanks. we've talked in person other than text since you've had your child. Well, you know, he's fully functional and reasonably cute. That's good. Very good. So, okay, so time. So you mentioned it, right? So the dojo's challenge is one tune on the pipes? Is I think. I I want to do it, but haven't looked into it much yet. I think it's one full tune. I, th- I don't think they want you playing like a bar of music. It's like one tune. Yeah. Okay, so like you said, five minutes. So if you you have to have the time, right? The ability has to be there. If you don't have time, you can't complete the behavior. If you don't have 20 hours to go 50 miles, mm. you're not going to attempt it. Even if I'm motivated, it just can't happen because I don't have those 20 hours. Right. Gotcha. And what, and what you might see with some things in life, right, is you might have so much motivation, like $300,000, that you cancel everything and you make the time. Sure, that makes sense. But, but then there's other situations where it's like, hey, James, I need you to... Uh, zip down to LA, pick me up some sushi from my favorite sushi restaurant and get it back to me uh, so I can eat a late lunch here in 30 minutes. Right. Doesn't matter really how much motivation I can offer you. At this point in time, I don't think there's the ability for you to do that in 30 minutes with any technology we have. Right. Um, so I think right I mean, now, time... like right now I'm a nine hour drive from LA. Yeah. So yeah. So like time, right? Time is one of them. Money. This is a big thing you see with websites. You know, I mean, you could have the greatest sales pitch in the world. You could hype people up, buy my product, buy my product, change your life. If they don't have the money, like if it's $2 million or if it's $50, they absolutely have no money, no credit they can put it on, no debit, no friends to ask for. If they don't have money, they can't complete the behavior. Mm. piping if you don't have a set of pipes or the money to buy pipes or a practice channel or a pen to play along on a pen like if whatever it is let's say the dojo challenge if you're specifically trying to complete the dojo challenge where you're on the great highland bagpipe you don't have the instrument or you don't have the money to buy the instrument not gonna happen right no matter how motivated you are exactly it's not gonna happen yeah i see what you mean right but uh, let's say you. No, I don't want to get into that. Never mind. Well, but like was... where, where I'm at right now with the bagpiping stuff, like I'm very motivated to learn to play Illin pipes someday because okay. I think they're amazing. But yeah, man, are they not expensive? Cheap. Oh, yeah. So far from being cheap. So, right? you know, like I'm very motivated, but 
Right. At least for now, that's just not an option. Not until I get that, uh, get those $300,000. Yeah. And I mean, and you could, but you, on the same note, right? Let's be careful about what you're saying because there's other behaviors you could do to learn the pipes, right? You could watch YouTube videos. You could play around on a piece of wood that has holes mm. or bumps. There, there or is a, there's an, an app that I have on the iPad that yeah. I've at least learned some fingering. So I guess, that, yeah, there, there are some things but, you can do. But if the behavior is to play on alien pipes, then that money factor might come in, right? Yeah, and of course, I'm not trying to... I don't want to set up like as if I'm saying anybody is limited. Like, you know, reach for the stars. Of course, if you're really motivated, then you can do what it takes to earn the money to buy the Ilum pipes to then be able right. to do it. So there are yeah. ways to make this happen. Yeah, but like, exactly. I'm not going to be playing them this afternoon because... I guess, I guess I'm just trying to break everything down. Like, it's that... People know what we're saying, right? People I are think smart. So. Yeah. But like... But then you're going to have that one smart A who's like, well, did you know that you could just pull out a piece of, like a stick and... Yeah, you don't need a pen. You can just along. go in the backyard oh, and get a stick. Shut up. <laughs> I'm trying to cover my A for that and I shouldn't even bother about it. Okay. Don't Next worry. We've, is, we've got uh, like 26 listeners at most. So I think we're reasonably <laughs> safe. They're all close friends and family. <laughs> I'm going to get some wise A text. I know it. It's going to be Sean or Al too. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. The next one is physical effort, right? So there was a big physical effort ability when it, we talked about going 50 miles. Yeah. Um, pipes, right? There if you need to play effort, an, yeah. an entire tune on your pipes, there might be some physical effort there. You might be in shape. You might not be in shape. Sure, depending on who you're talking about. I mean, if I've got a student who I just barely set their pipes up for them the very first time. you know, or they're maybe, 12. Yeah, they're 12 years old. Like, yeah. I don't know, maybe one tune is doable, but if they're if they have this goal in mind that they want to play, you know, a competition medley from start to finish they've got the money slash the instrument they've got the motivation they've got the time but until they build up the physical ability it's probably not going to happen yep so there's physical effort there's mental effort mm. right and that's just like oh i'm not even going to attempt that yeah sometimes i feel right. like that's a bigger deal for me than anything else huge in so many behaviors mental effort just like oh i'm not going to tackle that uh, I'm not going to the gym. Yeah. I'm going to stay here in bed. I'm tired. Yeah. Right? And then there's routine. So, you still working from home? I am, You yeah. go out on sites and do inspections and stuff, right? I do, yeah. So, it's, yeah, I'm at home a lot, but I also do kind of drive a lot to get to different different sites. Yeah. I Let's see. I need to find, I need to quit finding other examples of behavior and just stick to pipes. Um, no, no worries. Okay. Let's go back to mental effort with that, right? Let me tell you a big mental effort for me on playing the pipes. And it ties in somewhat to my motivation. There's like the social unacceptance. Is that, is that how he words it? Social rejection mm. and mental effort. I have to overcome a mental barrier of playing my pipes at home. Because if I play inside, they're super loud. My bird is going to have a meltdown. My wife's not going to be happy. I'm in a condo, so I share three walls with neighbors. Well, four, I guess. Two walls and a floor and a ceiling with neighbors. Mm. So, like, not only is my fear of social rejection, because not everybody loves the pipes and they're super loud, that brings my motivation way down. Mm. Or, or maybe 
maybe it's opposite. Maybe it brings my motivation way up to not annoy my neighbors. And so I'm going to take behaviors that don't annoy my neighbors. Uh, sure. Yeah. This could be high um, motivation or low motivation, but have the same effect on, depends on you what behavior you're talking about. Right. Yeah. I yeah. got you. Yeah. The behavior of not making people mad or the behavior of playing my pipes. So, and then there's the mental effort. Like I got to overcome that. Right. It's, or, or it's like, oh, I got to put my pipes together and the joints are loose. I got to hemp them. And my reed is going to be, it's brand new. It hasn't been broken in. So that, there's a big mental block. Like, oh, I, I, I ain't tackling this job. Right. Okay. And then routine, right? So if, uh, if you get up and go to work within 45 minutes of those two things happening, and then you get off work, you drive straight home, dinner, hang out with the kids, go to soccer games, piano practice, wind down, Bathe them, read them a story, put them to bed. Now and, it's 10 o'clock. And you know I got to watch the Great British Baking Show. <laughs> there you go, man. So that, that really doesn't fit into your routine. That, that kind of has something to do with time. Um, that example does. And so maybe that's not the best example. But when when things are outside of the norm, outside of your routine, like, oh, I've got I've to take this other route home from work or whatever it is to swing by the bakery and pick up something to bring home. Yeah, because you right? know I'm eating baked goods while I watch the Great British Baking Show. That's exactly right. So, you know, that can be a big hindrance. So you've got to play with the mot motivation and ability. And then we pull in the third thing, which is prompt, trigger, cue, right? You have to be notified to do something. Right. So here we have the go to the bathroom, do two push-ups thing. Almost. Oh, well, yes, I'm sorry. Yes. I keep, I keep, no, I keep no, jumping no, so, ahead with that. I'm sorry. I just find it a funny story. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm eager to get to there. No, it fit. It fits. It fits. So let's use it. Right. So one of BJ's biggest things is you need to, you need to have a prompt. You need to have a trigger. Okay. So you can do something like, um, set a reminder on your phone. You can have a post-it note. Um, you can, when you start forming a habit, uh, let's save it. Let's save the push-up thing. It uses well, a cue. It uses a trigger, but let's save it. Maybe another could be in that TED Talk, he, he handed out floss, and he, he suggested that brushing your teeth is, can be what prompts you to floss. Yes. If every time you brush, then you floss, and it becomes automatic. That's your prompt. Yeah, that is your prompt, but that that's also that's getting into habit forming. Okay, okay. So we can talk about the floss example too, but here's another floss example that he talks about right before that. Okay. He talks about putting the floss on the countertop. Ah, so it's not out of sight, out of mind. It's inside, exactly. in mind. Right? Because you might be motivated. You might be like, yeah, I'm going to floss my teeth because... because my dentist praises me when I do, and I want good health, so, you know, oil or oral hygiene. And the ability's there. You know how to do it. You can do it. You own floss. But if you don't remember, if you don't have a sticky note, if you don't have a timer, if you don't see it on your countertop, you won't do the behavior. Okay. Tell me, this right. is triggering something in my mind. Tell me if this fits. And I don't think it's uncommon. When I was trying to get into the habit of running... If I got out my shorts, shirt, socks, and shoes and put them in the bathroom 
the night before. Then when I got out of bed in the morning and went to, you know, to, to, to use the restroom in the, in the morning, there were all the clothes. I went running every single day that I did that. But if I didn't get the stuff out and put it out where I would, you know, trip over it, basically, there were several days that I missed, you know. Okay. Did you, did you not go running because you forgot or did you not go running because you didn't have everything set up for you that morning? Usually, well, yeah, probably not because I forgot. It was probably right. more because then I had all these tasks, which, of course, it sounds stupid, but it's like, oh, now I have to go over to my sock drawer and get on my socks, and I have to, yeah, yeah. you know, in the dark so I don't wake up my wife. I have to figure out where my shirt is and my shorts and everything. It's like, eh, not worth yep. it. I'm just going to go eat breakfast. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So that's probably not a prompt then because you're see. remembering to do the behavior, but that definitely comes into the ability and the motivation, right? The motivation of... Like, I don't want to wake my wife or the ability of like, I got to go to my sock drawer. Right. I got to fumble around in the dark. I got to get out my, I don't remember where I put my gym shorts. Mm -hmm. Are they in the washer, or the dryer, whatever. No. So prompts are like an alarm goes off. Okay. Instagram, you have push notifications on. It's like, boom, you got a notification. What do you do? You open your phone because it buzzed or set an alarm. You see the red dot. Mm -hmm. You open the app and you start going through there. Who said what? Who tagged me in what? what? What's going on in Instagram? That is a prompt, right? You see a red gotcha. light, you stop. The red light prompts you to do a behavior. Um, let's just say you're super motivated to keep the, the world a clean place, you know? And I Walking am. Walking around on a hike, you see trash, you're prompted to pick it up. Yeah. You're not going to pick it up if you don't see it. You have to be prompted. Right? Okay, yes, this is forming in my mind. I got you. You got to have okay. something that's poking you, saying, hey, do the thing. Yeah. So, let's say bagpipes. Were there days, let's take a week. Are there days, do you remember every single day to play your pipes, to practice? Or are there some days you completely just forget? I think there are some days I'm not days talking that about I... time. I'm not talking about ability or motivation. Just do you remember or not to do it? Yeah, I, th I think there are days that I forget, and it's more like yeah. every few days I have this sudden wave of, of regret, realizing, oh my yeah. gosh, it's been four days since I played my bagpipes. Yeah, yep. So, so prompts, right? So you can, you need to find a way to prompt, whether that's leaving your practice channel and music out on the counter mm. so you see it. If it's setting an alarm and a reminder in your phone, if it's leaving a sticky note, you know, different things. That's now I do have, I, I did for, so for a little, I have an example where I had, I did this well for a little while, not really knowing what I was doing, but for a little while I was working a job that had me doing a, I had a long commute every day. And it was such that like, if I left at a reasonable hour, that commute took me an hour and a half. But if I left <laughs> really early in the morning, it only took me 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. So I would go really early in the morning and I just joined a gym closer to the office instead of close to my house. So I just go and do a workout in the morning before work because it cut my commute in half. Right. But what I did is I put my practice chanter, I got a second practice chanter. So I'd have one at home and one in the truck. And I put my truck practice chanter right on my driver's seat. And so every day that I got to the gym before I went in, I played through this tune that I was working on. And it only lasted as long as it took me to memorize that tune. So yep. the, I guess the problem is that I stopped doing it, but I can see how having that physical reminder that said, oh yeah, I'm going to do this. Definitely. I mean, like I learned that tune 
faster than I've memorized any other tune within my own memory, you know? Right. Right. And so when you say you stopped as soon as you learned that tune, so something changed. That's why the behavior stopped. And off the limited story you've told, it, I would assume it probably had to do something with motivation. Your motivation probably dropped to where, you know, you completed your goal, your task, you reached this level that you wanted to. And so you just, and so the motivation dropped off. Yeah. Basically I'd been, I'd been very, very motivated to learn this Fred yeah. Morrison tune and I didn't have a follow-up tune that I was mm-hmm. equally motivated to learn after I'd learned it. So yeah, yeah. there was, it was like, ah, I got it. Cool. You know, check. Yeah. But let's say you're not remembering to play. So putting your practice chanter in your car. So you see it when you get in there in the morning, that could be a prompt. Yeah. Gotcha. Right. You're also, so that, so let's wrap this up for a second, not wrap it up, wrap it up, but behavior happens with motivation, ability, and prompt all being there in sufficient amounts to make the behavior happen. Right. Yes. So, um, now what you've mentioned on a number of occasions is what I would, and BJ would put in the ability section Mm. of behavior. Okay. So, um, by leaving your practice channel in your car, that might be a prompt for you to do it. Yes. But it's also making the ability super, super easy. Oh, sure, because if I didn't do that, there would be no chanter, so I would not be able to practice my song. Right? Gotcha. Or the time. Well, you're you're saving yourself 45 minutes, right? Right, 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 yeah. And so now you have a little bit more time when you could play. Um, you've, you've, you probably started to break up your routine, so you actually found that extra time, you know, so you added a little bit to your routine, and then... I don't know what your practice session was like, but on the mental effort, like you're, you're still going to the gym, right? So you got 45 minutes of travel and then you've got what, half an hour in the gym. How long yeah. do you think you're playing the Fred Morrison tune? Yeah. It was usually like 10 minutes at the most, 10 okay, minutes or not less. difficult, right? Yeah. It's not, it's not a lot to ask. So the mental efforts. Yeah. I mean, I was going like, like two measures at a time, just, right. you know, breaking it up in tiny pieces. Right. Exactly. So this is a big Big, like the biggest thing. If if there's two things that I could get anyone to get from the podcast, it's the behavior model, B equals MAP. So behavior happens with motivation, ability, and prompt all being together at the same time in sufficient amounts. Right? Which we talked I, about. I want to write this down real quick. Do. This is yep. the formula again is B equals M- MAP. AP. M plus A plus P, right? No, well, he just puts MAP. But is, is it is it multiplication or addition? Who knows, right? But it comes right. out to be. Yeah, whatever. It's okay. not math. It's social science. So. Gotcha. But the point is, more motivation, you can do harder things. And if you make it really, really easy, like I'm going to play one measure a day on my practice channel because that's easier than my pipes sure that doesn't take much motivation yeah just make sure that you have the ability to do that make sure you have the time make sure you have the the chanter you know and prompt well, yourself shoot, to yeah do it, i mean right? that that okay. that's lower motivation it doesn't take as much motivation it also doesn't take as much time so you don't have to set up as much of an instrument to make it happen or find a place where you can play you know because it's relatively quiet yeah. It it also even reduces the cost barrier because what if you don't have bagpipes or a chanter? You're far more you're far more quickly able to get a practice chanter. 
than a set of pipes. It's all coming together. Okay. Right. Yeah. Sorry. I don't so want to derail you. Carry B on. B equals MAP. Yeah. B equals MAP. Okay. So, so remember the two things, if, if you're not learning anything else, but the two things, B equals MAP, which is the behavior model and making a task easy, making the ability easy is yeah, make it easy. like the golden goose. That is the easiest thing to attack when trying to create a behavior. Okay. And is this um, where on that X, Y axis, the X being, um, being, um, uh, motivation that if you make it easy, then even on days when your motivation is low, you'll still do it. Is that kind of the thought behind that? Um, or am well, I not I quite remember. hitting the I don't there? remember which way X and Y goes. Is X up and down or is Y up and down? X is side to side. Y is up and okay. down. So <laughs> wait, so, is it? Now I feel wrong. I know, right? I'm so dumb, but ability abilities across the bottom and motivation is up and down yeah his behavior model okay so i'm not even looking at the same thing but i guess all i'm trying to say is is that what is that why we're saying make it easy is it so that on your days when you're not very motivated you can still do it it only takes a small amount of motivation you'll still do it exactly okay exactly so let's let's approach it with bagpipes right so james has this goal of uh playing one tune on his bagpipes every day yes. for a hundred days. Right. Right. Okay. That's your goal. That's the behavior we're trying to do. And now you decide to come up with this behavior because you think it's going to improve your piping, right? That's going to be the best benefit. Oh, so, okay. So, so wait, maybe we say then, maybe we say that the goal is improve my piping. Then the behavior sure. to build up to that goal, the behavior is play a, at least one tune on my pipes every day. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Cause, cause we're designing or, around behaviors mm-hmm. that lead to the goal. Yeah. Gotcha. Right. Or you could even say, you know, the goal is to become that better piper. And then you think the best behavior to, or the behavior you want to do is complete the dojo challenge because that's going to complete those things for you. Right. Yeah. Okay. So if you make it super easy, now the dojo's already done some of this to make it easy. Easy. <clears throat> They're only asking you to play one tune. Right. They're making it easy for me from They're the beginning. They're already making it easy for you. Yeah. So, you know, if now if you're wanting to stick to what they're doing, you got to play that full tune. That's the idea. But like, if you wanted to make things even easier on yourself, you could say, "I'm only going to play." that easy behavior okay takes low motivation for you to do something i'm so sorry i lost audio again for a second it's okay (laughs) will you just back up to where you're saying dojo they already made it easy they already made it easy on me but if i want to make it even easier if you want to make it even easier you could say i'm only going to play one measure or Mm. one part the first part so you know, you're, you're specifically trying to do the, the dojo challenge. Right. And so, um, you know, you can't complete that by only playing the first part or the first two or the first bar or something. But if you're just trying to get somebody to practice more, it would be like, let's just play one bar today. Just play one part today. Just play through it one time today. Right. So other things you could do, right. You could, well, let's take a look. What are some of the things that are 
like not detrimental, but like what are the, some, the mental, what are the things that affect the ability to happen? Finding time, right? Yeah. So big one for me, for sure. Find time. Okay. So, um, you need to start looking at your day to day things and find out when are you going to find the time or make the time? Yeah. And I'm, I'm in a slightly privileged position right now with this up until now I wouldn't have been, but I recently refinished the interior of a shed in my backyard to be an office. Mm -hmm. That's right. And so now like a lot of times the only time, like the only time I could find would be very early in the morning or very late at night, which I'm not going to do that to my neighbors. Right, right. But now I so, have this space that's not going to wake up my family nor my renters inside the house. It's not going to bug my neighbors in the backyard. I can go into this like sound booth, basically, that's removed from the house. So lucky me, I haven't utilized it yet. But oh yeah, but that's going to make it. That's that's going to make things easier for you than it will for myself. Yeah, hundred percent. Right? Yeah, right. It would take more motivation for me to play my pipes than it would for you, if we're just looking at that aspect of things. Yeah. Let me just give you some examples that might spark some ideas for the listeners, right? Yeah. Um, a guy in my band, he gets to work remotely, and he takes his laptop, and he goes up to the base of Provo Canyon. He still has internet, because he just runs off a hotspot off of his phone. But he takes his pipes with him, and he plays a tune or two during lunch, because that's when he has time. Great idea. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Lunch break piping. Exactly. So make things easy, right? So find that time. I'm going to do it on my lunch break or I'm going to go play in my shed where I have it built and away from neighbors in the house. Um, meant, uh, let's see. What could be some other things to make it easy? Oh, one of the things I've thought of, I haven't done it, but I know it would make things easier for me. Leave my pipes assembled. Like if I had a pipe stand Ooh, yeah. Like if, if I just left my pipes assembled and out instead of having, because like, I'm like, oh, I'll put my pipes. And it's like, I got to assemble them and find a place. But like, so, so James, you have your little shed. Yeah. Now this might not be the best for the instrument, okay? But as far as completing the task. Yeah. Making the behavior happen. If you had your bagpipes on a stand assembled, that you could just pick up during lunch when you have time, play one tune, and then set them back on the stand. Don't disassemble them. Don't do anything like that. That would make things a lot easier. It would require less motivation. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I've got, I've, I've played other instruments, and in, in like times of intense motivation when I'm trying to get ready for a show or something, I will put a stand with you know the banjo or guitar, or whatever the instrument is, right next to my desk chair. Mm -hmm. so that then throughout the day as I'm working, like I finish a report or something, I grab it and play through the tune, put it back down, keep working. So for sure that would make a big difference, yeah. Right? So making things easier, you could make your instrument easier, right? You could do all the maintenance. You could get an easy read, make sure it's all air efficient and everything. That's so so true, enjoyable to play. So your mental effort doesn't stand in the way. Exactly. That's that's been one of the hardest things for students that I've had before that like when they're not motivated to practice, you know, they're showing up and I can tell that they haven't played since the last time we had a lesson. If if their instrument is so hard to play, it it just it makes a big difference if I right then and there with them go through and be like, all right, you know what, we're going to shave your read down a little bit. We're going to recalibrate your drones, you know, even if it makes it so that reads not going to last as long. 
right there in that moment being like, look how much easier this is. This is great, right? Usually, I think, maybe it's big-headed of me to think this way, but I think that that is worth shortening the lifespan of the read because then that next week, they're way more likely to play. Yeah, I think so. Um, a little bit more on ease, easiness, okay? So we can so we can move on because I take up all your time. Nah. Um, Amazon, one-click buying. Oh, yeah. Right? The sneaky, that makes the it sneaky so easy. No finding your wallet, no pulling out your credit card, no punching it in. You just hit buy. Dude, I remember the first two things I ever bought on Amazon years and years ago, like over 10 years ago, were a couple of Beatles albums and some Tom Waits albums. And Tom I Tom Waits. Oh man, Tom Waits. I forgot. I forgot it. We should do a whole thing. we should do a whole episode on Tom Waits someday cuz I feel like I would find a way to tie it to bagpipes. But I had to get out my card cuz I wasn't I wasn't making an account. I was like real cagey about online security and stuff. I had to get out my card and type in all the card information for every single transaction cuz I was buying mm-hmm. them from different different sellers. That was I would save a lot of money today if that was still the way Amazon worked. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Okay. Sorry, that was a tangent. Did I I throw you off completely? No, not at all. I'm just trying to find a way to make sure that everything's being said while making this podcast shorter than it already is. (laughs) Yeah, right. Well, (laughs) maybe maybe this is helpful in summing in summing things together as well. Cause I'm looking at this Piper's planner still too, you know, trying to figure okay. how, how am I going to apply the things that we're talking about to my goals? And I have a few other goals in mind too, but like just talking about just playing better, you know, just being better. I've got the top of this page is goal summary. So I'm going to put in like, I want to be a better Piper key motivations. I've got, uh, there are social motivations. There are, um, uh, what was the other one where I get more claps? What did we call that? Um, Social acceptance or social pleasure? acceptance, Hope? pleasure. That's it. Pleasure. Okay. The getting the claps brings me pleasure. Social acceptance is that I feel more accepted within the piping community. You know, mm-hmm. you know, when I go to compete and stuff, I feel like I can, I can feel like I belong a little more if I play a little better, you know? Yep. Then it has next steps and it says list the first few actions you need to take to reach your goal. So maybe okay. that's where I start putting in things like I'm going to, keep my pipes assembled. I'm going to, maybe I have the song that I'm working on, whether it's for a competition medley for the band or solo stuff or just fun stuff, whatever it is, I'm going to have sheet music laying on top of my keyboard when I walk into my office in the morning so that I will play through that tune or a section of that tune before Mm -hmm. I boot my computer up. Yeah. And that's a good prompt too, because you'll see it when you walk in. Yeah. So maybe these next steps in the Piper planner, Piper's planner ought to be, prompts and maybe also some things like like maintenance you know like my pipes need oiled and you know when i oil them i also check all the joints and i calibrate the drones and stuff so that's going to make them easier to play and more pleasant to play so that could also be a next step that i put in there too i like it let's um let's move on now into the habit forming portion yeah okay um basically You design your behavior, right? So that it's easy to do. Well, I shouldn't say so that it's easy to do. You design a behavior that will happen. It has a prompt, it has motivation, and it has ability. All those in sufficient amounts. Yeah, so this this formula functions with yeah. that behavior. Exactly. And like I make mention, the biggest, easiest thing you can do is make things easy, right? 
make it easy, make it easy, make it easy. And you, it requires not as much motivation. Mm. So, so maybe, right? maybe an applicable thing for making it easy in this case, like the, you know, we're looking at January 1st, new year's, right. And we've got until probably June before there's going to be a competition. I mean, I guess there, there are a few earlier ones. Is it Queen Mary or is it Queen Mary that happens earlier than that? I can't remember. Like, yeah, there's, um... Oh, I guess Vegas is in May, right? At the end of May. Or is it the end of April? Ah, I can't remember. Anyway, all I'm trying to say is if we're talking January There's 1st stuff. and I want to be ready for, I want to at least be, have my band tunes ready. Now, how do I make it easy? Rather than saying to myself, I need to learn the entire medley. Maybe the way I make it easy is I say, all right, now in January, I'm going to focus mm-hmm. on the first half of the March and then start breaking it down even more from there mm-hmm. just to make it easier. Mm-hmm. Instead of having this huge thing in my head where it's like, I got to learn these five tunes. I got to learn these five tunes and it's just overwhelming and I never get to it. So then I feel guilty and then I get panicked. Instead, it's like, you know, that stuff goes on the shelf. I'm going to make it easier. Yeah. And I think there's lots of behaviors that will stack to make things easier, right? Like if you have a, if you have an ability to learn, uh, let me, let me try to rephrase that. You could go learn how to learn music, right? Sure. Like I know the dojo specifically, they brought in Ken Eller and he talked about having to memorize 60 tunes to play with um, 76 Frasers and he had like two months to do it. I've, I've been, a, a I've been playing bagpipes for 15 years and I don't think I have 60 tunes memorized. Right. So there's, there's ways to learn. You can learn how tunes are structured, right? And that's going to help you learn. Um, Stuart Little and a few others... They've written a book. I forget what it's called, but it's all about how to learn music. Yeah, I have that book. Uh, in okay. fact, I was going to ask you if if I if I buy you a digital copy of it, will you read it and then do a podcast episode with me about it? Absolutely, I would. Absolutely, okay, let's do that. So the point is, like, you can go, like, you can maintain your pipes. That takes a lot of work, right? Oiling, hemping, everything. That's a big behavior, but it's going to make playing every day more enjoyable and so easier. Um, yeah, and it is big, but it's you. also like you only have to do that. Yeah. Once. Like once every few months, right? So it's not like you have to do that every single day yeah. at least. So 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 we could come up with a bunch of things that might be other behaviors, but then would then make this behavior of playing every day or learning your, your competition tunes easier, right? This makes sense. Like I've seen Mr. Yeah. Fogg's examples with like physical fitness and stuff being like, mm-hmm. he talks about like you plant tiny seeds. That's the point. And all these yes. tiny things, they all add up to behavior change and meeting your goals, et cetera, mm-hmm. but they are tiny themselves and they stack. Yeah. So in the habit forming, right, you, you design your behavior and then he likes to link it up to previous. He likes to use triggers or prompts that already are in his habit. Right. That I remember day. that from the TEDx, he said that his okay. insight was like when he walked to a sock drawer or something, he was That's like, right. Oh, you do it after the thing yeah exactly so so you talked about his push-ups and using the restroom so he'd go to the bathroom after he would immediately do like one push-up or two push-ups so there, going to the bathroom is already happening it's going to happen he can't keep yeah. it from happening so that's his anchor exactly so he anchors the, so that's his prompt he's being anchored to that so it's like you know if that's happening three or four times throughout the day the prompt is happening three or four times throughout the day and so the behavior is happening three or four times throughout the day Right. And so he said that like at first he would just do two push-ups, and then after a while he'd do three, four, and then it gets up to like eight or even 10. And then at the end of the day, man, you did, you did 80 or a hundred push-ups. Right. And that comes with the ability, 
right? Sure, so, your ability increases, yeah. So, yeah, so, so first off, he starts with a very, very tiny behavior, one push-up, because that's super easy to do, so it doesn't take a lot of motivation. Yeah, so okay. even if you're having a bad day, you can still bust out one push-up. You can do one push-up, okay? Um, then he's got that prompt that's happening throughout the day using the restroom, right? You might set up, if you're trying to make it a habit, so habitually happening, like over and over, you look, take a look at your routine. What do you do throughout the day? So let's say this is a behavior you want to do once a day, like playing bagpipes. So it might be the, after I take my shoes off, I will pick up my bagpipes and play one tune. Right, because that's sure. only happening once a day, and you use that as a trigger. Now, or or the guy you in your band who you're talking about, how it's his lunch break thing. It's exactly. like after I eat, then I play my pipes. Right, or before so, I eat. Um, yeah, probably before is better. Yeah, and some prompts are better. Like some prompts are more, like in line with what you're doing. Right. Sure. Like, yeah. Like um, I sit at my desk and I have my music and my practice center on my desk, so. I might do. I might choose a. I might choose a trigger, a prompt that happens at my desk, right? Like, in in our case, after I lose connection with James on our podcast, I'll pick up my practice <laughs> yeah. channel and play one, one tune. Right. That's why you got that. You got that Jacobite thing memorized already, just That's from right. trying to make it through this episode. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. So, um, but it's you know, so you can choose. You know, you can choose prompts that are more specific. Like taking off your shoes probably isn't a good prompt because. I take my shoes off at the front door. I'm trying to play my pipes outside in my garage, away from my neighbors. Sure. Bad prompt. But you're linking it to something that happens all the time or at whatever frequency you want to do. So he talks about flossing. We talked about that, right? Yeah. Um, He makes it super easy. I'm going to floss one tooth. And he puts his prompt there by putting his floss right next to his... uh, toothbrush holder so he's like you know when i put my toothbrush back in the holder i'm going to pick up my floss and floss one tooth it's right there he's going to see it he can't have it in the bathroom drawer and think when i'm done brushing i will remember to get it out right you gotta Uh, have it right you'd have to use it right and if you want to do that you'd have to use another type of prompt like like i've mentioned many times like an alarm right 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 you know it might be you know let me tell you right now my prompt for taking out the trash is when my wife says, take out the trash. <laughs> so that's the alarm has been set and it goes exactly. off. <laughs> right. So um, if you can find those prompts that are already happening in your routine, link it to an existing habit you already have. Yeah. That's going to make things easier. And then here's a line in there that he says, emotions create habits. You need to celebrate when you, when you're creating a new behavior, you need to celebrate. Mm. You know, when you complete the behavior, throw your hands up in the air and just think to yourself, dude, I rock or I'm awesome or I did it. I completed it. Right. Try and feel that like excitement and that will hardwire it in. Like literal chemicals will be firing in your brain that are going to link that behavior and make it stronger and stronger. Now you mentioned multiple push-ups. What you'll find with habits is as they grow, the ability becomes easier, right? Yeah, If you for practice sure. every day, you can practice longer and longer. As you do one push-up every day, pretty soon you can do two push-ups every day. Excuse me, not every day. Let's say one push-up every prompt, and that's, we'll say, five throughout the day. You can then up that to two. Now you're doing 10. And then you can up it to three. 
Now you're doing, you know, 15. Right. Now, you know, eventually you cap out and stuff, but if you're, if, if you're trying to start running, if you're trying to do pushups, you know, physical activity, if you're trying to play your pipes or whatever, lots of times as you do it over and over and over in a habit, you're going to either increase your physical ability to do that task or your skills might become better, right? Yeah. So or, you might be able to complete even maybe, you know, someone might be like, I want to learn coding. And so I'm going to, I'm going to start the behavior of writing 50 lines of code every day. Well, oh, and at first that might take like two hours. Exactly. Five weeks from now, it's, you can code 50 lines in 10 minutes. Right. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So, so as you form a habit, you might be able to start scaling and increasing that frequency or whatever, because you've gained new skills or abilities, things like that. But what's important to keep in mind is, um, keep it simple, keep it easy. He likes to say, set yourself a base. In this case, let's say it's playing one tune on the pipes. Anything above that is gravy, right? Bonus points. Extra credit. Exactly. You do an hour and a half session. Amazing. Celebrate super extra hard really ingrain that don't let that negativity come and like break down this bond of like i like doing my behavior i like doing this habit right but when you're sick and you feel lousy but you still want to complete that behavior just go back to the base just play one tune i and and i've heard andrew douglas and others talk about that with the 100 day challenge that you know, once you've got your pipes out and you've played through a tune, you'll probably end up playing more than that. Yes. But the requirement is just one tune. So yes. if that's all the time you have for, it's all, if that's all you feel good enough for, it's pretty lo- low down there on motivation requirements, as Mr. Fogg might put it. Mm-hmm. Whew. That was my rough explanation of the behavior model and habit forming. It makes a lot of sense, and it fits perfectly with this Piper's Planner thing because the next thing, so we've got on these opening pages, we've got goal summary, key motivations, next steps, and the last section there is your reward. Decide how you're going to celebrate once you've achieved your goal. And maybe, no offense to, to the guy who wrote this out, but maybe I would, in my own mind, say decide how you will celebrate once you achieve your next step which is yeah, the section right I above like that. that. So rather because if my goal is become a better piper, I won't be celebrating for a very long time. I mean, I, you know, with that one, I should be celebrating every day if I'm going to be, you know, self-loving and stuff like that. But you know what I mean? Um, but yeah. if, if what I'm celebrating is I played one tune on my pipes today, that's, that's what I'm going to celebrate. And what you're suggesting is my reward doesn't have to be a piece of candy or that I buy myself a new reed or something that would be too expensive or unhealthy or something like that. It can actually just be focusing on feeling good and that's going to fire some chemicals and it's going to reinforce the, the, the behavior. Exactly. Yes, definitely. Gotcha. So if I had to, I don't have the planner, but let's, let me give you an example of how I would build that behavior of playing my pipes. Because I'm the idea is I'm going to take on this challenge as well, right? You yeah, and I both to are going to try. Okay. Okay, so let's start with behavior. Uh, the and behavior... and it's, it's understood that this is rough draft mode. 
right? We're okay. just going to rough draft yeah. it. And when we circle back and talk about it, we can talk about like, well, you know, as I went through, here's, here's some changes thing. I made. Yeah. And so like, then we have a well-oiled machine, you know, in April, you and I are going to come together and be just like, this is the way it worked for me, you know? Ooh, yeah. All right. So should, I'm going to set a very specific behavior. So the idea here is I want to learn this tune and I'm definitely going to learn it faster than a hundred days. So I'm going to, I'm going to hone it in. I'm going to dial it in and I'm going to get playing it really well. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to learn a Jacobite, a Jacobite March. Mm -hmm. So my behavior is I'm going to, Hmm. I already I can already play with music through the whole tune, so I'm gonna say play the the tune once a day. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, I like the tune a lot. Are you gonna say on practice chanter at least? Or are you gonna specify that you want to be it on have it on pipes once a day? No. Well, can I make modifications to the dojo's hundred day challenge? It's fine with me. I'm just curious. You know, I just I want to I want to get deep inside your head on this one and you know see what see what it is your what your thought process is. Okay. So it's going to be practice chanter. Mm -hmm. Now I anticipate that I'm going to put it on small pipes and I'm going to put it on the the Highland pipes. Okay. But out of the out of keeping my motivation in sufficient amounts, I'm going to make it really, really easy to do by saying it only has to be on my practice channel. Yeah. I think that will still help me improve the tune, but not to the, as big of an extent, but I'm just worried about making it too difficult to do and not having enough motivation to do it. So I'm going to say one time through on the practice channel. I'm going to leave my practice chanter on my desk. I'm going to leave my music on my desk. And I sit down at my desk every single day because um, I have to log in and, and do some stuff on my computer. So my prompt is going to be right there. But I'm going to get really specific with my prompt. I'm going to say, after I complete my grading assignments, which I do every day, I will play through the Jacobite March once. So like I say, I really like the tune, so I think my motivation's there. The ability should be pretty easy to do. It's all my practice channel. It's only one time to the tune. I've got my practice channel le left out on my desk, got the music left out on my desk. Um, I've got my prompt. And I have to grade every day. So since my prompt is anchored to a habit I already have every day, mm. that's how I anticipate completing that behavior and that habit. That's, so that's how it's structured. You know yeah, I mean? gotcha. Okay. Now, once I do that, I want to celebrate by just telling myself that I'm awesome for completing my habit. That's my celebration. Yeah. I'll just throw my hands up in the air and just be like, I did it. Yeah. So that all makes sense. That does. That makes sense. And what here? So here's what I'm thinking. I want to. I want to set a few goals, and and uh, but I'm not sure exactly how exactly they're all going to look just yet. But just thinking about 
wanting to be a better piper and the specific behavior of completing the dojo 100 day challenge, i.e., you know, really that's a, that's a great program for basically just getting me to play my pipes every day. That's what we're going for here. Right. So, so what I'm thinking my prompt will be is turning my computer off every day. I turn off the computer and all the monitors and the keyboard and mouse and everything that I stand up, turn to my right and walk out the door to head to my house. I'm going to put my pipes right there next to the door. I'm probably going to try putting them on a stand to make it even easier that I could just grab them, either play in my office or in the backyard. I don't think my family will mind me taking the time to play one tune, but if I do have time, I'll play more than that. But that's that way every day, at least five times a week, I guess that's the thing that's going to take care of me five times a week. I'm going to have to think a little bit about weekend, weekend, um, anchors, weekend, weekend prompts. Right. Right. I'll give some thought to that. And, and this is something that, that falls into routine. When we talk about the ability and routine as one last thing, right? Yeah. Your routine on your weekend is different than your routine throughout the day for most people. Yeah. Just having jobs and careers and stuff. And I'm going to be honest. Like I think Andrew Douglas even made mention. He doesn't know that he's ever completed the hundred day challenge himself. Because he specifically, since he does bagpipes for a living, he makes sure that he has, you know, family time and personal time on the weekends. Yeah, I've heard him say something to the same effect. Yeah, like since since it's a living, he's not really doing it recreationally. Yeah, and I mean, maybe that's something that, um, you know, people need to consider is like self-care, but. Well, you know, maybe that's what I end up doing. That's That's good to have in mind because maybe that's actually what I end up doing. We'll see. Just because, you know. I mean, I'm not making a living playing bagpipes, but you know, like I can't, I really am motivated to do this, but I, I've had experiences in the past where I was highly motivated to do something and I let it get so big that it was not sustainable. Mm-hmm. And so then it eventually broke down and it caused problems for my family and, and, you know, made me feel like a failure and stuff, you know, so keeping it manageable, I think is really important. Um, yeah. So maybe I end up doing a hundred day challenge of my own. That's five days a week. I like that. I mean, it's still going to be better than what I'm doing right now. It'll definitely still be an improvement. There you go. I like it. Okay. Well, I, uh, I encourage everybody to check out the book, tiny habits. Um, yeah, I'll put a link to it. It's like, like, you know, I've, I go off and on creating habits and sometimes I let them fall through motivation changes. The prompt doesn't happen anymore. Whatever it is, but, BJ's got it figured out. Like he really does. This is what his PhD is all about. Um, you know, it's his students that create Instagram. It's like, I hope people don't gloss over this episode with like, okay, it's like everything else I've heard. Cause it's got some super valuable info there. Yeah. Well, let's, um, I'll include some links to like his TEDx, his book, um, to his, his website you were mentioning behavior model yeah behavior and if you think of any other stuff we'll include links to those too i'll put them all in the description so it's easy to get to cool man and uh and i'll put in your your parrot's instagram handle too because i feel like that's <laughs> probably important yeah. as well right all right cool man well let's circle back in april and see how it's been going okay i like it see you man